Welcome to my Tuscan Roots podcast with me, Giuditta. In this episode, I want to talk about Mona Lisa and me, and what the most famous painting in the world has to do with my favorite corner of Tuscany. So I married my husband twice. The first time we eloped on a sandy beach in Hawaii, and the second time was more like a real Italian wedding with family and friends in the hills of Sant'Andrea a Morgiano in Tuscany, a place that always meant a lot to me. And when I was looking for a villa to host our wedding, I walked by a beautiful old farmhouse that I thought could be perfect. The name above the door read Fattoria La Nutrice. And to find out who owned the place, I asked my great aunt, the pharmacist in Antilla. And of course, she knew everyone, so she gave me Paolo's phone number. And when Paolo gave me a tour, I fell in love with the place. The old stone walls and the sundial and the citrus trees in these huge terracotta barrels. So I asked him for the story of the farmhouse, and he told me that during the Renaissance, it was where wealthy families entrusted their newborns to wet nurses for the first 18 months of their lives. And one of those newborns was Ginevra de Benci, that according to a local historian was the famous model for Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa. So the idea that the place where I was standing in the hills that I love was connected to Leonardo da Vinci and the most famous painting in the world got me very interested. So I had to know more. So the story starts in the year 1457 at Villa Il Poggio, which is a magnificent villa that still stands on top of a nearby hill. And in that year, a daughter, Ginevra, was born to Amerigo Benci, the director of all the Medici banks in Europe. So Amerigo named his daughter after the juniper bushes that still surround the villa. But everyone called her Bencina, as she was the youngest of the family. Juniper is widely used in Tuscan cooking, as well as to make gin, if you like alcohol. And my mother used to put the tiny dark blueberries in her wild boar stew, which was one of my favorite dishes as I was growing up. But never eat the berries, because I'll never forget the sharp, unpleasant taste when I bit into one by mistake. And that stew became kind of like my expat dish, the taste of home while I was away. So my mom would seal it in a mason jar, pack it in her suitcase, and bring it to me in France when she visited. And I haven't eaten it since I became a vegetarian, but I will always remember the delicious taste of wild boar flavored with juniper. But back to the story. So Ginevra was christened in the parish church of San Donatino Campignalla, a tiny 11th century stone church surrounded by olive trees only a few minutes away from the villa. The priest came up from Antilla, the village where I was born, to baptize her and wrote her name in the record book. So I was christened in the chapel across the hill, and according to my mother, I was teething and chewed through the prayer book. The church where Ginevra was christened now belongs to Paolo, the owner of Fattoria La Nutrice. And he was really nice and he suggested that my husband and I get married in that church. But when I asked the priest, he refused to officiate over our marriage, saying that, you know, this is a sacred place and not an amusement park. And he has, of course, I think, every right to be tired of so many foreigners coming to Tuscany to get married. So... 
Leonardo da Vinci was born in 1452 in Vinci, Tuscany, the illegitimate son of Ser Piero, a notary, and a woman named Caterina, about whom we know nothing. Leonardo's father moved at some point to Florence, and wanting to find an occupation for his teenage son, he introduced him to Andrea del Verrocchio, the famous painter and sculptor, and persuaded him to um, take him on as an apprentice. Ginevra's father, Amerigo Benci, who was a huge art lover, who often visited Verrocchio's workshop. So he invited the young Leonardo to visit him in his building, which is surely when Leonardo first met Ginevra, who was five years younger than him. Normally, the daughters of powerful Florentine families weren't, of course, allowed to meet with young men outside their households, but in her father's building, Ginevra was surrounded by the young, talented artists her father welcomed into his home. And at that time, wealthy Florentines spent the summer in their countryside villas to escape the heat of the city. So the story is that Ginevra and Leonardo spent summers walking together through the hills of Sant'Andrea Morgiano. And I've often walked those hills myself as someone who finds peace among the olive trees and in the oak woods. Then something happened, because in 1474, when Ginevra was only 16, her father forced her to marry Luigi Nicolini, a man 15 years older. So her father was one of the most powerful men in Europe, so of course she could never have married Leonardo da Vinci, an artist and a bastard. That same year, Leonardo painted Ginevra de Benci, which is a beautiful painting now in the National Gallery in Washington, D.C., and it shows her in a three-quarter pose, looking sad and surrounded by juniper bushes. In the background are the hills where they spent so much time together and the city of Florence. The Florence that Leonardo painted now looks different, so the dome was built later and the San Pier Maggiore tower was demolished in the 18th century by the Grand Duke of Tuscany because unstable. But I can still recognize that view. I see it myself whenever I walk on the dirt road that winds up that hill. I cross the oak wood and the little stream and then walk up the hill through the olive trees. And I can totally imagine Leonardo and Ginevra walking with me so many years ago. And this is also the first place I went walking in Tuscany with a Canadian man I met in my Thursday evening rock climbing class in Grenoble, France. And he took a picture of me in the olive grove beside Fattoria La Nutrice. And three years later, I married the man under an old fig tree in the garden of Fattoria La Nutrice on a very hot July evening. So, Leonardo's painting is a bit of a mystery, because it wasn't commissioned, which is very, very odd, because the art market at that time was very, very structured. So, in those days, every artwork was commissioned. The buyer signed a contract in front of a notary, a delivery date was established, and the client had the right to go and see the work as it progressed. So, none of that happened with Leonardo's painting of Ginevra de Benci. Leonardo kept the painting with him for years before finally donating it to Ginevra's brother. All of that led the local historian Massimo Casprini to conclude that Leonardo painted it for himself out of his love of Ginevra. 
So once Ginevra was married, there were very few chances for her to spend time with Leonardo. She was in an unhappy, childless marriage, and things were also difficult for him because in 1476 he was accused of having a relationship with a young man, said to be a prostitute, who used to work in the Verrocchio workshop. The charges were made anonymously by leaving a letter in the so-called tamburo in Palazzo Vecchio. The tamburo was a small opening in the wall to allow anyone to make anonymous accusations. So the trial took place on April 9th, 1476. Leonardo was acquitted, but his name had been tarnished, and Lorenzo de' Medici, the ruler of the Florentine Republic, asked Leonardo to go to Milan to work for Ludovico Sforza. So it was in Milan, exactly 30 years after painting Ginevra de' Benci, that Leonardo began a new painting of Ginevra. Once again, nobody commissioned this painting, and this is the painting that the world knows as Mona Lisa, even though Leonardo himself never gave the painting a name. The painting shows Ginevra as a mature beauty in a three-quarters view turned to the left, almost mirroring the previous portrait. The landscape behind her includes the road down to the Juniper Ravine where they used to spend time together, and it's one of the few places that is cool when summers are hot. In 1517, Leonardo left for France, taking the Mona Lisa with him. He knew that after his death, the painting will end up probably in the hands of some merchant, so he sold it himself to Francis I, the King of France. All through his career, Leonardo wrote copious notes about his work and his studies, but he never wrote a single word about the Mona Lisa, and he never spoke to anyone of the woman's identity. While I like to think that the woman in the Mona Lisa is Ginevra, it's not something that has ever been proven. So 30 years after Leonardo's death, the historian Vasari wrote in his biography of Leonardo that the subject in the painting was Lisa Giocondo, or Mona Lisa, but he provided no evidence of this. More recent studies have found letters that Leonardo drew in the woman's pupils with a small brush. So the letters in the right pupil are L and V, the initial for Leonardo da Vinci, and on the left pupil is a single letter, B, and I like to think it's for Bencina, Ginevra's nickname. We may never know what really happened in the hills of Sant'Andrea Morgiano, in that corner of Tuscany, all those years ago, but the places where Leonardo and Ginevra walked are still there. Villa Il Poggio, the parish church, Fattoria La Nutrice, the olive groves and the oak forests. And for me, knowing the story of Leonardo and Ginevra fills those places with a new meaning and beauty. See you next time. <music>